This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we have a fantastic guest on the show, actually. Her name is Danielle Brown, and she is a five times world champion in archery, two times Paralympic gold medalist as uh, from the Beijing 2008 Olympic Games and also 2012 London. She was the first person to represent G or England more than anything else in, in the 2010 Commonwealth Games as to compete against able-bodied competitors. And she won gold in that, which is fantastic. She's a mentor, a keynote speaker. She's all, she also co-authored a book, which is called Be Your Best Self, which is written for uh, life skills for unstoppable kids, which we'll talk about as well in the interview, which is amazing. So great having you here, Danielle. Really looking forward to today's conversations. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Yep. Very cool. So listen, I know that archery, which interestingly enough, because I've, I've never met an athlete or a competitor who, you know, competes archery at a very highest level. It's not one of those sports that you think, wow, like, you know, archery is like, you don't, do you know what I mean? But where did that love of archery come for you? You know, because it, most people don't pick archery as a, as a, as a kind of one of those, oh yeah, I'll just do archery type of thing, you know? Yeah. And you know what, to be honest, I completely agree with you. Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't realize archery existed outside of medieval history or fairy story. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, it wasn't something that I knew much about, but I became disabled. So I love mm. sport. I used to do lots of running around, walking, uh, camping, cycling in any sport I could do. Um, I, I, I did. And I was rubbish at all of them, but yeah, I, I didn't take part in sport uh, competitively. I just did it because I enjoyed it. Mm. And going from being super active to not being able to do anything at all was very, very difficult. I've got a condition called complex regional pain syndrome. So it causes chronic pain in both my feet all the time. So that meant that I couldn't run around, couldn't walk very far. And it also took me five years to get a diagnosis. So I spent five years, you know, thinking that once doctors figured out what was wrong with me, I'd get that cure, I'd get better and I could go back to doing what, what I wanted to do. So in this time, I, I didn't consider myself as disabled. I didn't know about Paralympic sport. I just knew I wanted to find a sport that didn't involve lots of running around and walking. And somebody on the school bus mentioned they did archery. I thought, hey, that sounds a little bit more exciting than, than <laughs> swimming, bobbing up and down in a pool, which was really uh, the, the only other option I felt was available to me. So, yeah, 15th birthday, my dad and I did a beginner's course. Wow, that's amazing. You know, yeah, because I was thinking swimming, right? And then you kind of mentioned swimming just a second ago. And I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, okay. that, that makes... But your condition which you mentioned actually so I mean how does it work so what you're saying is 
if you're, I suppose, moving around, you're in consistent pain. How does that work? So I'm in chronic pain all the time, moving around, sort of any knocks, any bumps, any any pressure, you know, whether that's just wearing socks, shoes, you know, that Mm. makes it a lot worse. Mm. So, yeah, obviously it's... I've got to move around. I've got, you can't sort of go through life without having that, that kind of pressure um, Mm -hmm. on them, but equally like there are sort of, it does limit sort of various movements Mm -hmm. and things that I can do. How do you, how do you manage that pain? Because if you're in consistent pain all the time, I mean, you know, pain's not a nice thing, obviously, but you know, how how do you manage that? I mean, you, you, I mean, you've been obviously, having to work through it for many, many years, you know, and, and trying to come up with, well, not a remedy as such, but, you know, you know what your trigger points are, I suppose now, and you know what makes it worse, what makes it better, but how do you manage it? Yeah. Uh, with difficulty, <laughs> as you said, uh, pain is, is very difficult. It is, it's draining. Um, and I, I mean, it's been a long journey really, you know, sort of, from being diagnosed and being put on a cocktail of medication which I I didn't like you know the the side effects just weren't worth the amount of pain it took away so for me a lot of it was about being positive you know that the way I see it is I'm in pain now I'm going to be in pain tomorrow probably going to be in pain the day after that so I can either choose to sit around and and do nothing or I can try and choose to to live life on my terms. So I I think having that that mentality as a as a backbone is really, really important. And then once you've got that motivation, it's then about how do I achieve what I want to do? So a lot of balancing. And I guess in sort of main way of managing it is um, I keep myself busy. If I'm so busy focusing on what I'm doing, the pain's still there, but it's not right at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. So yeah, I did get a little bit obsessive with archery, lots and lots of practice. <laughs> Very cool. Because, you know, because you got diagnosed with a condition uh, as a teenager and, and, and being, a, you know, going through the transitions of changes you know, in puberty and many other hormonal loads of stuff that goes on and, and th- having to battle that, you know, and the pressures of society as well as dealing with the condition. I mean, how did you manage that all? Because, I, you know, from, from my perspective, I think that uh, a lot of pressures that a lot of teenagers go through right now, you know, that there's probably 10 times more pressure that they feel than they, they did. They, they maybe were 15, 20 years ago, or whatever it is, but then you've got your condition and whatever it is, how did you manage that? I mean, did you go through uh, some real tough challenges with that? Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because obviously a disability affects you physically, but mm. psychologically also mm. has a big impact. And mm. as you say, you know, you're growing up, you're figuring out who you are, what you want to do the rest of your life. And I had this additional problem thrown into the mix, you know, and I, I worried, I, I spent a, a long time living living in fear, you know, worrying that people wouldn't be able to see past my crutches, my wheelchair and actually see the value that, that lay within. So, you know, it really did fracture my self-esteem. So I, I went from being this really bubbly outgoing kid who's an absolute nutter to sort of, um, yeah, becoming really quiet, really shy. And, and for me, it, it really was sport that transformed that, you know, getting involved with sport, finding 
something I was good at, something I could do, something that that took my attention and focus away. Mm. That sort of really helped me build that confidence back up. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, actually, that, that 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 moves beautifully into the question that I already wrote down for here because I, I sp- and I was going to ask you, you know, for a, you you mentioned around how sport had had a a really positive impact on you, and I suppose it was a a distraction in a way right? Because, you know, that's what you kind of highlighted. But how do you think that sport has influenced you from a from a young age, you know, and, and managing that disability? And, uh, and how do you think that sport can also help with a lot of teenage kids that are out there, you know, which are going through their own challenges right now? Any any advice for, for, the, for those people? Absolutely. You know, for me, I think sport is so powerful. And and, and I think one of the beauties of sport is that there are so many different ones out there. It's like you you said right at the beginning, you know, archery wouldn't necessarily have thought that. And, you know, of course, I I, I didn't necessarily think of that to start with. And there are so many different ways and levels we can engage with it. Mm. And, And it brings so much from, you know, the social, the social aspect from mentors and and um, that that guidance side of things you know um, I took it up at 15 there were a couple of coaches in the club that really looked after me and I think having that adult influence who weren't my parents was a really really important part of my upbringing Mm. in terms of you know you've you've got that support structure there that you can go to ask for advice and and get that additional help and support that that you need at that stage in your life. Um, and, and I think there's obviously all the, you know, we know the physical benefits. We know the, the benefits for our mental health as well. So for, for me, sport is is hugely important. And I think it, it it's kind of that whole path of self-discovery, figuring out what you're passionate about, what you enjoy. You know, some people, like, I, I love the individual side of archery uh, rather than, you know, sort of some people love team sports. So it's, it's just really figuring out which, which bits really appeal to you. And I think the benefits are so profound from, from that health side of things, but also for giving you a blueprint for success. I think so many characteristics, traits for success, leadership, things like that, you can practice in sport. So yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Very cool. With regards to, in terms of, you know, because archery is a very different sport and you, you mentioned about it was very much an individual sport, which is, which is true. And, you know, you mentioned about some skills and, and things like that, but what did the, a typical, I mean, how would you say a typical training day or, you know, leading up to maybe a comp- competition? What, what does that kind of look like, you know, on a daily schedule? Cause I know that some, swimmers and that you know and, and field sports you know they can be quite ruthless i remember when i was a an elite athlete you know we would train two three times a day and even be in the gym and whatever it is and we would wreck our bodies but how does how did it look like for you yeah both for me it was really about that consistency which is just what archer is all about isn't it it's about performing the same technique over and over and over again to hit the middle of a target yeah so you know and, and taking that very consistent approach to training even in the lead up to competition so uh, yeah as, as you say like sports like like what you did you know it, you can wreck your body but for me it was just about training consistently shooting lots and lots of arrows so I'm I'm building up that that skill making sure that my body was in peak performance so I go to the gym 
couple of times a week. But I was sort of always very mindful that if you overdid it there, then that starts impacting things like your ability to aim. Um, so we were aiming at a target 70 meters away. Mm. So, so you had to make sure. And I guess it's sort of a bit like managing the pain. It's all about balance and, and getting that bit right. Sure. Absolutely. What, what, what would you say? I mean, you mentioned like you'd go to the gym maybe sort of twice a week and whatever it is, but I suppose for archery, it's like you mentioned, it's all about repetition, right? Repetition and consistently and maybe trialing different distances. What, what is the average distance? Did you say it was 70 meters? Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I was shooting 70 meters with the para team and 50 meters with the able-bodied, but on a smaller face. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So what have you found in terms of the, cause I mean, you're, you're a business owner now, you do a lot of speaking now, which is fantastic. You're an author, which is amazing. What, what have you found in terms of the correlations between, you know, archery, you know, from, from your perspective and running a business and how do they go hand in hand? Literally copy and paste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. yeah I think um, success well, success is success. It doesn't matter what field you're in. Yeah. You know, the the pathway very much is the same. So, you know, learning how to set goals, so understanding how to figure out what that objective is and then creating the pathway to get there and being able to, I guess, notice patterns, to be able to adapt. I, I think that sort of, where you notice the really good athletes it, it's all about that ability to respond and ability to adapt and the, the ones that seem to perform better are the ones that are able to recover a lot quicker whether that's from like a really yeah. bad start or, or what <laughs> uh, so yeah yeah I think it's really I spent a lot of my career trying to figure out how to um how to respond as quickly as possible if I had if I had a bad bad start how how could I recover because you know it's it's not over until till till right to the end Uh, and I think again that's something hugely important in business because you've got to adapt I I mean this year has shown that so much hasn't it everyone's got these wonderful plans and you know the the thing about plans is they never go to plan and it's yeah (laughs) how do you change it and and how can you respond as quickly as possible because if you don't that's what it's all gonna gonna fall apart so I think that's sort of a huge thing I've brought from sport yeah were there any you you mentioned around goals which we'll talk about in a second were there three or five key skills that you thought you know what I, I suppose in archery because you know the ability to be consistent and concentrate and and I suppose focus is also a really important thing as well isn't it and in terms of running a business was there any others for you that really um that stood out for you yeah yeah, I think the mindset's really important. Um, so, and, and staying positive and being confident. Because, mm. you know, I went from being, um, you know, I have this amazing, amazing career as an athlete to setting up a business and not knowing anything about business. But you still had to, I guess, have that confidence to go out there and make new connections and, and whatnot. And I think the the other one, yeah, that you mentioned consistency that's hugely important I think excellence as well you know that high performance mentality it's about delivering delivering excellence Mm. so I I think that's important sport and business love that I love that that's a great one I actually talk about the wow factor 
because the wow factor is similar to excellence in a way, but really interesting point of view that is. When it comes to archery itself, and I and you know being a business now, I'm very competitive, and I'm sure that you're quite competitive as well. Most athletes are pretty competitive. You know, they've got this kind of they've built this. I don't know, appetite for, for competition and the ability to want to win. Of course, we all want to win in terms of, cause a lot of our listeners are all entrepreneurs and business owners mainly, right? How did you, how important was it to assess or well, not pre- just in terms of the preparation, but assess the competition, what would be, would you ever assess the competition? How would you deal with dealing with competitions and other competitors and how have you, and any, any tips for business owners and entrepreneurs in terms of assessing uh, competitors and things like that? So that's a really interesting one because I always said and, and still do that my biggest competitors myself mm. and not meaning that in a horribly arrogant way, you know, I, I don't mean that I'm, I'm much better than everybody else and, and it's going to be a walkover. By that, I mean that I can only affect my own performance. So, you know, if I go out there and deliver really, really well, whether that's in sport, whether that's in business, that's great. You know, if I go out there and completely stuff it up, that's on me. So, you know, I, I think looking at it from that point of view and I think in some ways it's really important to compare yourself against yourself because if we compare ourselves to other people quite often we find ourselves not measuring up or falling short because we are comparing what we know really really well i.e ourselves with what we perceive somebody else to be and you don't know all the sort of inner workings and you know all all the things that go wrong you know you you just see what they want you to see in many ways so I think sort of as a foundation taking that approach I, I find really really helpful but of course you know you do need to know what other people are doing because that then gives you an objective measurement yeah so I think that yeah start with yourself and then by looking at other people, just seeing what what they're doing, what you're doing, what 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 you're doing differently, mm. um, I think it's important. But equally, doing it without that that judgment, yeah. I suppose it's kind of having this open mind, isn't it? Being open minded about it, without you know. And you mentioned a really good point there, actually, about not comparing yourself to other people, because I, I feel that society, especially in the entrepreneurial business world, is that. We're really good at trying to compare ourselves to other people, especially with the likes of social media and there. And do you know what I mean? And it's just, and I just find that it, it, it kind of drives me crazy a little bit. And, and you know, we're all on different journeys. <laughs> I totally yeah. get it. Do you know what I mean? I know. And do you know what really kind of like I oh, bugs me? especially like when you sort of see the business world or entrepreneurs and they're they're like bragging about, I don't sleep. I work so many hours. And I'm like, well, if you're doing that much, you've really not got the balance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily something to brag about or something that we think we should be bragging about, but because so many people seem to do that, it, you know, they, they kind of wear it as this badge of honor and yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. It's like this privilege, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a business owner and I work my nuts off type of thing. It's like, well, what do you want? A medal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd always say, yeah, yeah, work smart. Not, I mean, yeah, obviously work hard, but it's but more important work smart, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. 100%. I was going to say, in terms of, you mentioned around goal setting, because mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you, you talked about that earlier, actually. Now, I know that goal setting is imperative. And as we're coming towards kind of the end of the year, do you have any tips for people that really find it difficult to not, well, not just set goals? Because I think that that, you know, people might say, well, you know, you smart, you smarter, you know, all, that, all of that malarkey. But is there a particular methodology that works for you in terms of setting your own goals? And do you have any tips for or advice for some of our business owners and entrepreneurs that, you know, want to go out at 2021 and, and just really take things to the next level? Yeah. So I suppose tips, throw smart goals out the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I um, I struggle with goal setting to start with. And I, I think partly I was never really told why I needed to do it. I was just told you need to do goals uh, and it helps you get there. And I also found that the different models, some were too fluffy, like smart. I didn't find that they challenged you enough. And yeah, it just didn't work so what I did was I basically begged borrowed and stole um, different models and I've I've taken I've created my own model based on you know sort of I suppose learning but also taking the best bits from all the all the different ones out there and I I go through a five-stage process which is um, asks five questions so so the first one's who and I know lots of people start with why, but I think who's more important, setting identity-based goals. Who who do you want to be? Yeah. I think it's really important because the whole point about goals are um it's a behavior change. If you haven't changed your behavior, mm. then you know you're not gonna get to goals. So mm. so I think that's really, really important. Then I look at my why, sort of really understanding that motivation, where that's coming from. Yep. And once I've done that and really understand that, then, you know, it's easy to pull the what. So what what does that tangibly look like? Yep. Once we've done that, the where, where am I now? Because I I think having a level of self-awareness is so important. If you don't understand where you are, then how are you going to make those behavior changes to get to where you want to go? And when we've finally done that, then we can work on the how. And this is sort of really setting the nitty gritty and breaking it down into lots of different actions. So in order for me to get from where I am now to where I want to go, to be who I want to be uh, and achieve that why, this is all the actions I need to take. Mm. So I find that works quite well because I find that it's quite robust. It gives you the motivation but equally that action plan is something that you sort of go back to on a, on a weekly basis so you can adapt it mm. and, you know, have that, um, that ability to respond that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. I like that. That I, I, I really like that methodology. The Danielle Brown, by the way, methodology yeah, is the next, the next thing. Okay, guys, listen, don't worry about smart and smarter and any of those generic goal setting methodologies. These are the ones to go. Okay. So we just make sure you do that. Right. So, but I think that that gives our listeners some really good uh, framework to really work from and especially moving forwards and and, and things like, I think that's a great thing, but tell us a little bit about, because I know that you have, you also are a co-author of a, of a book, which, which inspires a lot of teenage kids, you know, and, and helps them a lot in terms of being the best self. But tell us a little bit more about your book and, and, and why, why teenage kids? Well, I can't take the credit for that. So my co-author is a wonderful, wonderful human, uh, Nathan Kai. I met him when he was seven years old. Wow. 
And uh, yeah, speaking at an event, what does it take to be the best in the world? And he came up to me and asked if I'd written a book for children uh, about how they could be the best they could be. And I said, no, but, you know, it's such a good idea because all that support uh, exists for adults. You know, so many, how many thousands and thousands of self-help books are, are there out there? But absolutely nothing for children. And yeah, Nathan asked whether we could write one together, which we did. And it was from my point of view, an amazing learning journey. You know, I, a lot of this stuff I thought I knew really well, but having that insight of, of a young person who was able to bring their fresh views to, to the table, it was, it was really, really great. And we, we wrote this book together and um, it came out last year. Very cool. Congratulations. I think that's great. I mean, you went from essentially, or we talked about this earlier, you went from athlete to entrepreneur or athlete to business owner, essentially. And you talked about actually, you, you talked about the fact that, you know, you're not a business owner, requires you, you transition some skills, but have you found being a business owner any more challenging than being an athlete? <laughs> not really. I think there's so, there's so many challenges, but similar challenges, I, I think. Um, similar rewards as well you know I, I love competing and I, I love that that I suppose thrill of competing and obviously when you win it's awesome and I guess sort of in business it's the same thing you, you get that amazing buzz from you know whether it's a good meeting or knowing that you've helped somebody or, or delivering like excellent performance great feedback so yeah I think sort of the, the rewards are very similar but equally challenges are you know there's a lot of pressure and demand on your time you've got to deliver goalposts keep changing uh you know there's so many different challenges and it's just sort of i suppose figuring out the plan what you want to achieve and how to get there absolutely when could you do a lot of uh you, you also you also you're also a speaker and you, now you probably already remember when your first i suppose big speech was or whatever it is and i always feel that speaking is a great way to build brand it's a great way to build connection and visibility and attention um, you have any um, advice for some of our people that want to become kind of more speakers? You know, they want to transition into building their personal brand into speaking. What What is it that you've, uh, any tips about, you know, I suppose, approaching speaking, why, not really kind of why speaking is a benefit. We already know that, but any tips for people, um, for people that really kind of want to use speaking as a platform to then grow their businesses? How did you do yours? Uh, I just ran with it, to be honest. You uh, ran with it, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a, um, I think it's one of those things that, you, you know, you you learn by doing. Mm. And I, I actually started off um, in schools, which I know for many business owners that, you know, sort of not necessarily where they want to go, but I found that quite helpful because that allowed me to, practice my you know getting that message out there and seeing what landed really really well and, and, and what I needed to change it is one of those things that until you get out there and actually do it, it it's difficult to know that the only other thing I've found quite beneficial in terms of that practice is, is video so putting out loads of video content you kind of get used to I, I suppose how you project yourself how you how you get those messages across and figuring out which bit works and which bit doesn't and video actually I think is really great in terms of making sure you don't sort of get those fillers in like you know or uh, and, and things like that as well so I think that that can be quite helpful 
Absolutely. You know, I remember one of the things, actually, I remember my first speech, uh, it was at a law firm, right? And it was uh, like one of these lunch and learn sessions. And I remember the first time I, I, I kind of told my story and whatever it is. And these people just literally sat there as they were eating their lunches, where I was kind of telling a passionate story. And you probably had this before when you did your first speech. And it just all went Pete Tong. It was felt like that I was talking to a bunch of robots. <laughs> which is kind of crazy and to me it was I, I don't know about you but it kind of put me off a little bit you know it put me off with regards to speaking a little bit and it, I suppose it it thrumped my confidence in a way but I suppose you've got to start somewhere it's a bit like athletics or being an athlete starting archery you've got to start somewhere right yeah it's really interesting isn't it that you know that I suppose how how it lands with people and I guess one of the worst things I find is like you know ask people to to engage and make it interactive because I think people learn far more that way and then you sort of ask if anyone's got a question it's like deathly silent (laughs) any more awkward awkward yeah Um, yeah especially when you're right at the front and you know it's it's really interesting because I spend a lot of time talking about getting out of your comfort zone and actually realizing that it's not necessarily the messages that you're putting across or how you're putting across it but that can be quite a daunting thing for somebody to do in the audience so it's then about looking at ways you can make that environment a bit more safe or or secure that people want um, and feel comfortable to do that but yeah I, I think when it does go wrong or it's a little bit you know yeah, when I first started, my voice used to shake. And... <laughs> not good, not good. Uh, that's so funny. I was going to say to you, because I'm conscious of uh, of time or whatever it is, I know you've got to go. And what are you working on right now? Because I know that you've, you've kind of finished your archery career as such, and you're now transitioned into what you're doing right now. But what's important to you right now? And where do you see yourself in the next 10 or 15 years? Yeah, um, great question. I I'll put you on the spot. Uh oh. (laughs) Bring out the big 15 year plan. No. uh, (laughs) I I think for me, where I am now is I like to be involved with projects that's all about doing good. You know, so many people helped me get to where I did in sport. So being involved with things that impact for, for good. Um, it's really, really important. So I'm part of a, a team with Kaleidoscope, which is all around helping make changes for, for the better for, for people with disabilities from an investment point of view, from a recruitment point of view and, and helping companies understand that disability side of things. I think it's really important as well uh, in order to push myself out of my comfort zone in a professional capacity to do it in a personal one as well. So Next year, I've signed up for a world record attempt. Ooh. Uh, yeah, looking forward to. So, um, to become. What's the, what's the world record? So, largest team of disabled people to scuba dive in the open sea. So, Whoa. yeah, and I think I'm going to be one of the very few members uh, of the team who's never scuba dived before. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the whole point of it really is to change perception around disability, you know, really start focusing on what a human being can do rather than what they can't yeah so yeah 
Interesting. Really interesting. Well, I, I know being a scuba diver, you're going to love that, by the way. Um, oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I think if they reincarnated me as a, as anything, I'd probably come back as a fish <laughs> in a nice yeah. way. Not like, you know, purely because I love the ocean and, and kind of, you know, the ecosystems and the life and whatever it might be. So uh, really cool. fascinating. So yeah, really cool. So listen, really enjoyed today's conversations and chats. And thank you so much for spending a bit of time with us. And you've given us some some great golden nuggets as well for some of our listeners. So guys, hope that you've enjoyed today's show. Danielle, just want to say thanks very much for being on today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Really enjoyed it. And guys, listen, I was going to say, if you want to reach out to Danielle, please do so on her social media links below and, you know, mention the Game Changers experience that she, that you listen to the podcast. And if you have any questions or whatever it is, then those guys can get in touch with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really look forward to hearing from you. Fantastic. Listen, guys, have a fantastic day, week, month, whenever you listen to this. Have a, have a, have a good one. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.